What's up, guys? Welcome to Made of Miller, the podcast where four sisters get together and talk about all things family, relationships, and everything in between. We're your hosts, Sarah, Katie, Leah, and Leslie, and we're Made of Miller. Hello, everyone. It's Leslie's daughter here. I just wanted to say hello. And I've often wondered, why did my kids... uh, why, why did my kids turn out in such a way to be incredible adults and mothers and, and, and wives and just people that give back? You know, how did that happen? And I, I just got to point back to the passion. It's not about perfection. It's not about every, doing everything right. It's about uh, just living an authentic life in front of your kids. Hey guys, we are back. All four Miller girls are here for a special Mother's Day episode. We've asked our amazing mom, Sharon, to join us. So buckle up your seatbelt for story time. And if you're thinking about hitting the stop button, you're going to regret it. Hey mom, say hi to our listeners. Hey everyone. I'm really excited to be on this podcast today. It's been a long time coming. So yeah, here goes. We just want to say that we are so glad to have you with us. You are an amazing mom, woman, and we're thrilled to have you here. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. Absolutely. I actually have written on the script, Mom, you are a spicy lady, and we are so glad you're here. But I thought, should I say spicy on the air? I don't know, but I just did. I love it. That's the best way. She's spicy like a pack of ramen noodles. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I wasn't wait. Saying, wasn't you that... Yeah, ramen noodles are bland. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you got to double packet it. That's right. All right. All right, let's get into it. Mom, we're going to take a moment and each of us are going to share a favorite memory that we have of you before we get into story time. Where do we begin? There's so many. Okay, well, I have a recent favorite memory of mom and... It was probably about, what, almost two weeks ago now? Mm-hmm. I hosted a 1920s epic birthday party for my husband, and it was so much fun. Mom helped me so much. We were, like, going to every thrift store, estate sale in town, and it was we were having so much fun just driving all around the coast of California trying to find vintage items for this party to really make it an immersive experience. But the best part <laughs> of it... Was my was mom, our mom, uh, wore the costume of being a maid. Mom had this bonnet that covered her hair, and it was the most hilarious thing. Like, I literally got all these text messages saying, your mom is the cutest thing ever, and, like, the nicest person ever. Like, so sweet, because she just ran around the party, like, working, working the party the whole night. What, <laughs> what were you actually even doing? Well, first, I, everybody that came to the party, I greeted them at the door, and I handed out their, they all had a, a signed roles in the party, and some of them had to be, like, we had a butcher, and, and there was a lawyer, a cop, and all these different roles in, the, in this murder mystery party, so I just did that, greeted them, and then I ran around just picking up after them all night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. That's great. <laughs> Anyways, that was like probably one of my favorite 
recent memories of mom and I mean, she's always been like extremely selfless and like will take care of us and lay down like what she is wanting to do to take care of us. And so she really helped me at my party. And that's just one of the many, many things she's laid down to help take care of me this past year. Yeah, I think that's something we can all agree on is that mom is truly one of the most selfless people I've ever known. And I will ever know. She just is always there at a drop of a hat to help any one of us. She'll fly across the country to be there. When I had Lux, um, she was there, no questions asked. And I know, Katie, you can say the same, Leah. So thank you, Mom. We love you so much. Oh, thank you. I'd do it all again. Take you up on that. Well, I'm next. <laughs> yeah, right? I was going to say, well, you I'm raised me next. Again. Cash in. <laughs> no. Raise me again. Raise me again. <laughs> hey, Leah, what is your one of your favorite memories of mom? Okay, so this is not really so much a specific memory as it is like a series of memories. I love your pep talks, mom. I love yes. when we just sit with you and you just encourage us whenever we're feeling discouraged or um, you know, need a little encouragement, you know, when we're crying or whatever, or even when we're angry and you're just able to go cut it out. <laughs> and then you're like, this is what is true. And, and I just love that about you. I have so many memories of you just being such an encourager to us. Yeah. She's always the first person I call always. Yep. Mm -hmm. Me too. This just like triggers me because it's funny that you're saying the cut it out thing, because Literally, like Seth will like say if I'm like in a funk and I need like someone to tell me to cut it out, and Seth like tries to like channel Sharon energy, which you know that's our mom's name, Sharon. So we call it like channeling Sharon. It is absolutely unsuccessful. Ten out of ten, he cannot find that. Like you really do have a gift and a way of telling us to cut it out without offending us, and that is something that I think yeah. is really amazing but I also want to say is that our mom is a pretty small and somewhat soft-spoken person I guess the more you get to know her you find that that is not the case but I have a favorite funny memory that I wasn't a part of but it kind of piggybacks on what I was going to say which is that I used to have my mom brush my hair so that she could tell me stories from her childhood but of course as you become an adult, not that I can't have my mom brush my hair, but it just has a different feeling. But I still love story time with my mom. And one of my favorite hilarious stories is when she put this giant behemoth of a man in his place. <laughs> mom, can you please wow. unpack that story in a delicate way that won't expose okay. any identities? I will, I will try. Okay, so the girl's dad, when we were married, we went to this church together, and the pastor was uh, really, he had a really deep, booming voice, and he was very authoritative, but he was also our next-door neighbor and a really good friend, okay? And one day, he found out that I was visiting another church on a <laughs> Tuesday night. And I was still going to our church, but I was visiting another church, and he didn't believe in their doctrine, he, the things that they were teaching. So he came over to my house when my husband wasn't home, and your dad wasn't there. And he walks in, and he said, 
are you going to such and such church on Tuesday nights? And I said, yes. And he said, I forbid you to go to that church. <laughs> and, and I looked at him incredulously and I said, you can't forbid me to go there. And he goes, yes, I can. I'm your pastor. And I said, why? And he said, they're teaching heresy. And for those of you who don't know what heresy is, um, it's just things that are not, that are against the Bible, basically, you know, things that disagree with the Bible. And I said, what are they teaching? And he said, and he, he I'm not going to get into the doctrine of it because I don't want to, but he just basically said that they're teaching such and such. And I said, that's not true. And they said, besides that, the Bible says you can do this certain thing. And he said, it does not. And I said, it does too. And I'm arguing with him. And I literally, I kid you not, I walked over to my microwave where my Bible was sitting on top of it. And I was thinking, oh, I'm going to open it up and I'm going to look in the back at the concordance and I'm going to find a key word, look up the scripture. Nope. I picked up my Bible and it fell open to that verse that I wanted to use. No, I don't, I didn't know that. Oh no, it fell right open to it and it was highlighted and underlined, which I I had done at some other point, but it fell open to that. And I pointed to it. My finger fell right on the verse and I said, it says it right here. And he said, that's not what that means. So I said, get out. I kicked him out of my house and he was twice my Crippled home, and and then I started feeling really bad. I was like shaking because I felt so bad. So I called him up and I said, "I just want to apologize." I said, "I'm not sorry for what I said, but I'm sorry for how I said it." I'm going to respect you, but I will continue to visit that church. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I can also wow. say that that's exactly how Benjamin apologizes to me. <laughs> <laughs> I can also confirm. That is how I I'm like, I'm sorry that you think I'm wrong. I know, he's always like, I'm sorry I you perceived it that way. Oh, oh <laughs> No. Wait a minute, Benjamin's just the night nurse. I know, the night nurse. Who is he? <laughs> Nobody. When I just had Lux, we had this ongoing joke because Benjamin would like go to work and mom would stay home all day and help me with the baby so I could work. And Benjamin would come home. We'd be like, oh, looks like the night nurse showed up for his shift. (laughs) 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 The lazy night nurse. It was just so ongoing joke. Even though, because he literally, he would be up with Lux the most of the night. He always, like, whenever I would, like, feed her, he would sit up with me, too. Even if he didn't, like, have Oh, that's so sweet. So that's why he was the night nurse. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Seth would never. Seth actually, literally, I think he has like delusions because he thinks that he does. <laughs> yes, I'm like, okay, sitting up for like ten seconds and mumbling something completely insane, and then laying back down is not nursing the baby. <laughs> no, but in, in Seth's defense, he gets up with the boys and makes them breakfast, and is uh, he serves the family very well but definitely i have to razz him about his perception of what happens at night well i gotta say your dad was good in a lot of ways he really was but the night shift 
was not one of them. <laughs> yeah. I think most men, it's not their favorite. No, no, I remember really. one time being so angry at Joe because Sophia just kept waking up all night. And I remember slamming my foot into the door, kicking the door as hard as I could. And then I threw a pillow at his head to wake him up. He's like, if I'm up, you're up. <laughs> it only seems fair. It only seems fair. Although Benjamin, like, he was super delirious. I think men, they clearly don't handle it um, very well because he would, like, wake up and he'd sit up with me, but he'd be like, do you see that white owl in the backyard? I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) Guys, our mom is not, if you haven't guessed already, she is not a stereotypical soccer mom. I feel like a lot of moms tend to lose themselves in their motherhood and I, you know, or even in seasons, we, we become guilty of that. But I would say that mom, you have maintained a sense of autonomy that is pretty impressive. Like you've always kind of gone to the beat of your own drum. Can you talk a little bit about that? Is autonomy (laughs) the wrong word? I sometimes use words in the wrong context. I love it. Disconnected from her children and lived her own life. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I mean that she was not like you because you were there for us. Like we can all attest to you being there for us. But in terms of like you being like being a mom was not your primary. Like this is my identity. It was an extension of who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like some people like it's like their their children become their heroes. Their children become their world, their purpose. Like their whole meaning in life becomes wrapped around their children. And I felt like you somehow managed to not really do that, but in a healthy way, because I mean, I'm not going to say that we're, I'm just going to say, look at us, look at how, look at the four women that you raised and what, what we're doing. And I would say that you managed to raise us in a way that I, I feel proud to be who I am. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let me just say, first of all, there's a really good reason why I was not the stereotypical soccer mom, and that's uh, I'm not athletic. <laughs> so, <laughs> so and, and, and I never really wanted you guys to be like cheerleaders. I know it's awful to say because some, some people, I was more like I had this friend that said to me one day, um, she, well, actually, I asked her, I said, do you have dreams for your kids? And, and she said, Oh, no, she asked me, do you have dreams for your kids? And I said, yes, I do. And I said, what about you? And she said, yes. And I was expecting her to say something really profound. And she said, I always hope they grow up to be cheerleaders. (laughs) And I just, uh, I was dumbfounded because I thought, really? Because unless they grow up to be like Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, (laughs) it ends at high school, you know, like (laughs) college or whatever. And, and I, I always wanted my kids to grow up. I know this sounds awful, and it's really been kind of for for uh, maybe uh, it's it maybe put undue pressure on you. But I had to be true to it. I always wanted you to grow up and to do something great for God. You know, I felt mm-hmm. like uh, like you were really marked for that, and and that was something that was important to me. Uh, but at the same time, each of you uh, does your own thing. You all have your different uh, niche in life and I'm proud of every one of you what you've done 
And I'm always telling people about when they, some people say they don't know I have four daughters. They'll say, oh, you have two daughters or you have three. And I said, no, I have four. And then I go on and they say, well, tell, tell us about your daughters. And I always have something great to say about each one of you because I'm so proud of you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm rambling. But but the the soccer mom thing, how I kept my identity is I remember uh, a Christian psychologist he said once, he goes, your kids will be passionate about what you're passionate about. And I mm. always knew that my passion had to speak loudly. Mm. And you might not like exactly the same thing that I did, but at least you'd learn what it means to be passionate and believe, yeah. believe in something. And, and I stuck to that. And I've had a lot of friends. I've watched them raise their kids in what looked like in a similar way. And their kids have broken their hearts. They've gone off and done things that have been uh, destructive or and really uh, just kind of lost their way in life. Not all of them, but some. And I've often wondered, why did my kids, uh, why, why did my kids turn out in such a way to be incredible adults and mothers and, and, and wives and just people that give back? You know, how did that happen? And I, I just got to point back to the passion. It's not about perfection. It's not about every doing everything right. It's about uh, just living an authentic life in front of your kids. Um, and I, that's, I think that's the key. And also having a sense of humor. You might, you kids might not, you, you kids, listen to me. <laughs> that's for dinner, mom. Whatever, yeah. Are you but saying we're not young women anymore? Young women, yeah. <laughs> young women, uh, no, you, um, as kids, oh, now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Basically, uh, I think that was the key is just having a sense of humor and not taking myself too seriously and just um, laughing behind closed doors. I couldn't always show you the things I laughed about, like the time that I, <laughs> you guys never liked to sleep. You wanted to be up all night long, even on a school night. And it was such a hard job. Finally, one night I just went to bed and fell asleep at 2 a.m. I hear these shrieking laughter coming from your rooms. And and you're, it's like 2 o'clock in the after, afternoon for you guys, not 2 o'clock in the morning. And I flew out of bed and I come raging into your room, go downstairs and do the dishes. And, and so that was my thing, make you go down and clean up the kitchen and do the dishes. And I wake up in the morning to what looked like a sparkling kitchen. And I'm feeling this funky smell. And I, couldn't, I could not figure out where it was coming from. I mean, I opened every cupboard. I opened the trash. I checked behind the washing machine, which our washer and dryer were in the kitchen. And then, and it was seemed to be coming from there. And then finally, I just reached up into this cupboard that I never use. It's the cupboard that's the highest and the one that you only put the things in there that you use at Christmas time, right? I opened it up. It was full of not just dirty dishes, but dishes with food still in them. Cake. Oh. And you guys had not wait, washed wait, wait, the dishes. Wait, let's just clarify, you guys. This is Katie and Leah. Okay, oh, yeah, guilty. Yeah, I like, like to apologize. Sleep too. Yeah, I. We but used I, to like to climb out on the roof. We would climb out on the roof and daydream about everything. We would just sit and talk. Remember when we had that Range Rover for a little while, and Leah and I would climbed into the range drawer we stayed up so late we saw the, we saw the mailman deliver the mail do you remember that Leah? 
you know what? <laughs> I remember hiding from the mailman. <laughs> it might be hard for you to believe this, but even though I had to be the mom and I had to to stop you and to you know and to rein you in and bring discipline when you did these sorts of things, it's those very things that I that I envied you and and was really secretly proud of you and even though i i mean it might sound dangerous to go sit on the roof but it really wasn't that high off the ground it was it i mean it wasn't really perfectly safe <laughs> but i but i but i kind of just i i actually kind of had a little bit of pride in the fact that you were pushing um, the envelope a little bit. Um, so I'm just going to say, mom, that I am not surprised that you, uh, admired that sense of mischievousness about us because you yourself were quite a rascal in your days. And we, I think that our listeners would be delighted to hear some of the stories from your childhood because you just have so many and they're so funny. Wait, 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 before we get into that, I need to share my favorite memory of mom. Uh, one of my favorite things about mom is that all growing up, um, she would just look at us one day for no reason. She'd say, get in the car, let's go for a drive. And when mom said, let's go for a drive, you don't ask questions. You just get in the car and you don't ask where you're going because there is no destination in sight. She just says left or right, straight which way do you want to go? She lets you choose where you end up. And we actually got to see a lot of Maine that way and a lot of secret treasures um, that not a lot of people know about because we would just drive to until we couldn't, until we hit the end of the road. And we'd have a picnic there sometimes. And that was just the best. Yes, the little tozers, anyone? Ladies, does anyone get an immediate flashback of the taste of salami when you think of tozers? Can I just does tell anybody you get absolutely said, like a little picnic? Like, I immediately get like a flashback to Tozer's Market and getting like their Italian sandwiches. To this day, I, I get the same exact I, order. <laughs> I want one right now. I. I didn't deserve Tozer's Market. Mine was what? even cheese. I didn't that's deserve weird. it. That's literally yeah. what I get. As a kid. No, really? Oh, sorry. Day, <laughs> I get ham and cheese with a little bit of olive oil. That's it. What? Leslie, you don't deserve it. We both don't Blast deserve me. it. We both don't deserve it. But that's it. what I ate growing up. And that's like when I want Tozer's, I want that exact sandwich. Because to me, oh, no, yeah. no, no. it's like childhood. I- Okay, so I could no, I'm with you. Behind the counter and make you that and pretend it's from Tozer's. No, it's not. No, there's nothing like it. No, it's not the The same. Government cheese. I'm with you, Leslie. (laughs) Okay, let me just say that when you're when you're ordering a sandwich, okay, there is no um, wrong sandwich. Thank you. Whatever makes you happy. Wow! Wow, that is so political. That is profound. Uh, like when people go out to a restaurant and they eat all eat this good food and and they and they overeat because they want to fill right up on it they don't want to waste their money and they say well it's not enough to take home but so I might as well finish it and I'm thinking why bother you're paying for the enjoyment eat till you are done enjoying and then and and that's part of the price that you wow who knew they were going to get a diet tip while listening to this Mother's Day episode (laughs) Well, I eat till I'm happy. So that's it. You know. Us too. And we're all very happy girls. 
us are happier than others. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to just get a little less happy right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why I've been feeling so sad. Anyway, no. so I don't go out to eat very much because I don't want to be that happy. Going back to where you were talking, I was talking about being proud of you guys for your antics as kids. And then, and then in, in the car ride, it, really, it's because I've always had a spirit of adventure. And that, it, when you started talking about the, the taking you for a car ride, I realized that's what it was. That's what I admired in you is your spirit of adventure. Hmm. It wasn't that you were disobedient or dangerous, you know, because those things are a little scary sometimes. But it, it was that you, you just, you colored outside the lines. You lived just a little bit outside the boundaries. And I've always thought that that was really cool because that's the way I want to live my life. I want to push it. You pushed the, the in fact, uh, when I was, I think when you guys were little, I know this isn't a story from childhood, but I, I feel like I should share it. And it has to do with uh, when I decided to go to college. And Leslie, I think you were in kindergarten. You had just started school, and I said, all my girls are in school. And for years, I would say to myself, I wish I could go to college. I wish I could go to college. And I'd hear myself saying it. And one day, I said, wait, why can't I go to college? And I thought, that's the dumbest thing ever. I wish I could. And then I realized, who's stopping you? And I realized no one was stopping me. So I just went over to the university college in my town and I filled out an application, filled out my financial aid package and, and boom, I got in and at 40 years old, a week after I turned 40, I started college full time, shaking in my seat, literally, my hands were shaking and, and I did four years just like that and 4.0 and with four kids and working two part-time jobs. And, and I was like, wow, I can't believe I waited all this time. I mean, I'm, I'm really kind of glad I did wait, though, because I really wanted to be a stay-at-home mom for you guys when you, were, uh, when you were younger. I didn't want someone else to see you take your first step. I didn't want someone else to announce to me that you learned this or that or did this or that. I wanted to see it firsthand. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be there. So... Um, so I don't have any regrets as far as that's concerned. But um, but anyway, childhood story. <laughs> I gave my mom a run for her money. I will tell you that. And my mom's uh, grandma's gone. She's in heaven now. And and I can, I can say, uh, sorry, mom, but she probably understands now. But because I had a spirit of adventure, and I know she did too. But one of the things that... Um, that I used to do when I was a teenager is I would skip school and and I it wasn't enough for me to just um, go somewhere in town I like to hitchhike <laughs> <laughs> and and I oh my and gosh. my my sorry tonight we would hitchhike miles away from home a hundred miles away from home oh yeah yeah it, we would we how would old do were that. you uh 16 um okay. I, you know who would do that is Max. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't yeah. say that. You don't want him to do that. It's so much yeah. more dangerous. Because it was in the 70s. It wasn't quite as dangerous. Although I, I will say I had some pretty hairy rides with some, with some scary people. But it, we that was a thing you did. You hitchhiked a lot when you wanted to do things. And people would pick you up. And, and I met a lot of really fascinating people, scary people, cool people. But, but, but 
you know, that's that's a little bit more serious. But some of the lighthearted things were uh, when I was um, probably five and my brother was six, I think. We went outside and saw the neighbor's house. The neighbors were gone. And we just decided we wanted to be moving men. We See, we had just moved into a new house, and we saw the truck come and bring all our furniture. And we thought it would be fun to pretend we were moving men. So we went into the neighbor's house when they weren't home and began to pick up everything that we could possibly pick up and carry it outside on the lawn. We picked up chairs and cushions and magazines, end tables, everything that a five and six year old could possibly carry. And then I was in the house and the the here's all this stuff out on the lawn looked like a messy yard sale. And I'm upstairs in this room where they had this grate that the heat went up through. They call it a register. And I'm standing over that register and all of a sudden I hear this booming male voice. Hey, who's up there? And I got so scared, I just stood there and I peed my pants. <laughs> right down my pant leg, down into my shoe, and then started dripping down through the grate to the, to the first floor. And the guy came storming up the stairs. He grabbed me by the hand and my brother, and he marched us home. And he's banging on my, my mother's door, and he goes, <laughs> Mrs. Meek, you need to watch your kids. And the weird thing is I remember her taking me upstairs and spanking me and sending me to my crib. And I don't mean like cribs on MTV. I mean <laughs> literally a crib. And I oh, cribs on MTV, that's old. Anyway, some people my age might know what that means. But anyway, yeah, no, I, I was, I was uh, actually uh, grounded to my crib. <laughs> we had so many kids I didn't have a bed yet <laughs> okay. remind us how old you were again I was five okay this would be close to like Max and Samuel like going into our neighbor's house and offloading their furniture <laughs> pretending to be moving men which is not far from reality because Samuel's yeah <laughs> yeah I mean wow, wait, you were five in a crib yeah, because like I said, we, we had so many kids and we didn't have enough beds. So I was still sleeping in a crib. And and then another time, uh, my, my brother, he was trouble. Uh, well, he said, hey, let's go down to the garage that was next door to our house. And there was a school bus there parked that was getting some work done on it. And we jumped on the school bus and he's sitting there in the driver's seat going, we're about the same age. He's going, and I'm sitting in a seat grinning from ear to ear thinking I'm such a big kid. I'm on a school bus. I was so excited. And all of a sudden this guy, Charlie Batchelder was his name. He marches onto that school bus and he said, you kids get off this bus. And my brother, I don't even understand it. Six years old, he was smart enough to run out the emergency exit <laughs> in the back. And not me. He comes and grabs me by the scruff of the neck, and you just guess what I did. Peed your pants. Oh. I peed my pants. <laughs> I did. That was, like, oh my that was what I did when I was afraid. I peed my pants, and he marches me home. And he spanked me, too. What? And, oh, oh, my gosh. He would be arrested in this right. day and age. Bye-bye. Yeah, no, back then... It was like perfectly acceptable to spank someone else's kids. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and no, he spanked me and and um, sent us home. And oh my gosh, I can't remember the rest. Of it. I think Steph would give them a spanking. 
Mom, I have an important question for you. Yes. When you're scared to this day, do you still pee your pants? Um, I plead the fifth. No, <laughs> I no. But um, I'm at the age where if somebody is kept being really hysterically funny, I might have to go and use the restroom in order to continue the conversation. <laughs> like I'll be right back. Not because I've had an accident, but because I'm afraid I'm going to. <laughs> I'm at that age too, unfortunately. Oh, no, ask me that again, and my answer would be it all depends. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> well, I have a question. Um, this is a, so, this is taking things in a different direction. I just sure. wanted to highlight a couple things that she said. She went back to college at 40 years old, got a 4.0 GPA while raising four girls in four years. Boom. That's a lot of fours. Yeah, it is. It is. It's pretty amazing. So I I just had this question. I think I'm I'm even I would like to hear this answer for myself. And I think it serves our listeners as well. Is what is something that you would tell moms to stop worrying about? Um stop worrying about having the perfectly clean house. Stop worrying about perfect grades. Always um, overworking your kids. Let them play more. Um, and laugh with them more. Do things. It, actually do fun things with your kids. Don't just be always mom. Be, you know, some people say, oh, you can't be a mom and a friend. I don't think that's true. I, as long as you are there when it counts, as long as you're the you're the voice of authority when it needs to be that way, um, I think you can be a friend. You can go do your nails together. You can go do, um, you know, even as little kids, like I used to try to do French braids in your hair. Remember how horrible it came out? I was terrible with hair, but I would try. And, and, and I always worried about things like, you moved my mirror again. You moved the hairbrush again. You left the curling iron plugged in again. And you know what? Those things don't really matter anymore, do they? None of that. So just, just chill a little bit more. Unless our house caught on fire. Well, yes. That's <laughs> right. right, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. You can place your straightener wherever you want. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's okay. You will not light your house on fire until the sixth hour. Right. <laughs> okay, maybe that will okay. work. Guys, obviously because our listeners can't see us, they don't know. But So say yes in your name if you curled your hair in a bed. Katie says yes. I didn't start curling my hair. This is Leslie until... Um, I was like 20, so no. So you never curled your hair in a bed? I've straightened my hair in the bed for sure. Sarah? Nope. She's the one that mentioned the fire, so I'm not surprised. I, I, curled, <laughs> I curled my hair the day I was born. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, her hair is curly. <laughs> Leah, what's your census? Yes, with precaution. <laughs> I would make sure that my heating appliance had something to rest on. Yeah, like your laptop. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Like, well, like I found you... another blanket to put it on. No. <laughs> 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 
say, I was still curling their hair in bed I or straightening asleep. it. Okay, I fell asleep one time with the <laughs> on in my own bed and rolled over on it. <gasps> oh, 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 oh. Good thing you did, though. I might have. Why is she savage? She said, "Good thing you did." Because well, it'll make you turn it off. That's yeah. why. That's what I tell my boys when they do dumb stuff sometimes, and they get hurt. I'm like, I'm kind of glad you did. Yeah. Yeah. I or mean, like when Max is Max will be like running away from me at top speed and then he'll trip and fall and he'll be okay, but he'll fall and be like, Oh thank God. And then I'm like I like pick up the sprint <laughs> to go grab him. Yeah. Yeah. Well it's how they learn. Yeah. Right. It's how they learn. Yeah. So can I offer some words of wisdom? Yes, hey. please, Mom. Close right. us out with so, some words of wisdom. So this is a Mother's Day podcast. And I'm thinking that, um, like, there are some people who are listening who are not mothers, some who want to be mothers, and maybe some who have uh, lost children. Either their children have have um, are gone, they have passed on, or they have lost children through miscarriage, and and just other circumstances. You know that that make, might make them feel bad and Mother's Day can be really hard for them. And, and I just want to say that like for me, I had two miscarriages and you're going, okay, that's a common experience. Lots of people have miscarriages, but for me, it was, um, both times it, it was in the fourth month and I was already showing everybody already knew I was pregnant and, and I didn't just have a miscarriage. I went to the doctor and each time it was like, we don't hear any heartbeat. And the first time I thought, okay, well, is there any chance you could be wrong? And he said, eh, a little bit. And so I went away and, and I really was hoping that the doctor was wrong. And it wasn't true. And I, and I just started hemorrhaging and all that stuff. And I, anyway, I lost the baby and then I thought I could never go through this again. And then I had another pregnancy and it happened again. And so I know what it's like to, uh, to feel the pain of losing, uh, I, even though I had children, I know what it's like to lose children, and but I don't know what it's like to long for children and not be able to have them, or to have lost the only one that I've ever had. But I can say this: that motherhood isn't just about being a mother; it's it's about being a woman, really. And uh, there's so many uh, ways that women are mothers, whether we have physical children or not. And that's just the, the whole thing about uh, how God made us to be nurturing and caring. And, you know, sometimes, I have, you know, you ever mothered a friend, you know, mm -hmm. given advice, mothered a friend, or even mothered your own mother? <laughs> like sometimes you're like, chill out, mom. <laughs> and and you, and so I I think that there's uh, that maybe the the whole idea of motherhood needs to be have a broader definition, and has to do with uh, nurturing and caring for someone else, and and that's what we really want to celebrate on Mother's Day. Because I mean, honestly, I just I did I never ever used birth control. I didn't plan you guys. I just said okay, I'm just going to get married and I'm not going to use birth control and whatever God gives me, he gives me. And that's how I became a mother. 
And then when I, my body was tired, and I said, okay, I'm done. And so I had my tubes tied and said, I'm satisfied, and I'm done. But the reality is I didn't, I didn't plan you out like so many women do today around their career or anything like that. And a lot of mothering happens in that same organic way. It happens when we least expect it. It happens when we're not planning for it. So I just want to encourage everybody to just, uh, every woman, to know that they have that seed of motherhood in them and they can uh, nurture those around them with a, with a mother's heart. So there's my words of wisdom. Wow. I love that, Mom. Wow, Mom, that's really well said. And as somebody who uh, doesn't have children right now, um, that meant a lot to hear that. And I'm sure a lot of our viewers are moved by what you just said. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to go and follow us on our Made of Miller Instagram, where you get to see more of us throughout the week. Don't forget to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. It helps us out. And lastly, we just want to wish you all a happy Mother's Day. Thank you for listening. Uh, and we hope you have a great week. Bye.